Hey guys, this is Ronnie. Just a reminder, these are old episodes, and if you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. And announcing a new podcast with Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, and producer Bill called The Greatest Pod. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, if you want to support us monetarily, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash thegreatestpod, and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts, or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So, do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So, thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Reboot It. Previously on Reboot It, you're fired. I have a feeling this might be a long season. Listen, guys, credits are overrated, okay? You need to get the hell out of my offices. You will never work for Jim Cameron. Let The Rock get this straight. We have cracked out Vincent Gallo. We have two cops, the fat one from Stranger Things and the fat one from Family Matters. And you... What was your name again? Swallow? It doesn't matter what your name is. Get the hell out of here and you never come back to the offices of Electric Pictures. Roland, do you feel the same way? Maybe not. Oh, uh, boys, I have a little known device. Are, are we talking about illicit drugs? I have a Stargate. We should go to a world smart enough for our products? Is that what you're saying? Fired from Sub-Basement D of a major motion picture studio. The development executives must go to the last places in Hollywood with money. Now streaming, Reboot It! So, as you guys know, um, we have had a robust online campaign that has brought us to this point, and we are not leaving until we give you our Transformers pitch. We're not leaving. Well, I gotta tell you, in my 50 years of running Paramount Pictures, this has never happened before. But times are changing. We're in a weird time. I'm gonna say I'll allow it. Gentlemen, I wanna hear your pitch. Cool. But, cool. um, but like, first, we just need to get one thing out of the way, which is who the hell are you? I'm Robert Evans. I'm Kid Notorious himself, youngest studio head in the history of Hollywood. I produced The Godfather, Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, Discovered Coppola. I put him on that picture. I have been the head of Paramount Pictures for the past 50 years, and I am responsible for turning it into the number one studio of all time. 
Okay, cool. Well, we're here to tell you what the hell you should be doing with Transformers, and we're not leaving until you do every goddamn thing we say. Cool? You work for us, okay? We're fans. That's what you do. You are there to serve what we want. I gave money to a billboard, so I get to basically tell you what to do. You know, like I got with a bunch of other people, we did a hashtag on Twitter, and now we're here. That just shows the power of the fans. Yeah, it's very simple. You have like decades of comics and that animated film, the the real Transformers, the real Transformers. So- dude, 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 let me jump in here. Where are the 13 Primes, brah? Where are the 13 Primes, the original Primes? Primes, Prima? Come on. Excellent question. I don't know what the hell any of you were talking about. None of this makes any sense to me, but I'll tell you something. I'm intrigued. I see a lot of me and you guys. You got Moxie, you got spirit. I'm here for it. Let's hear what you have to say, because I'll tell you something. Those Michael Bay Transformers movies that I greenlit, one of the best decisions in the history of this studio. Uh, maybe best DVD to use as a coaster that has nothing to do with the canon. And I am so sick and tired of this four quadrant bull crap. You can kiss all four quadrants of my butt. You don't even know what real Transformers is. We're fans. We know cinema, right? Because we consume cinema and we know it better than any of these hacks. And let me tell you something, Robert Evans. Michael Bay is a hack. Okay? Again, I'm just intrigued. I just want to see where this goes. Let's go, gentlemen. I'll be listening in. In the meantime, I've got some other things to uh, keep myself busy with. Okay, well, get ready to have your face melted off. So, first of all, I think we can all say that we're in agreement that the animated Transformers movie is pretty much the template on which we want to build this, correct? I think that you just do that movie. You don't do it exactly the same, but you don't change anything. You do it, but different, but not, but you don't change anything. But yeah, can we the change- only thing that you change is like, make sure that you show how amazing every single Transformer that's in the movie is. Right Right on the screen. So I would say that you just start with the giant battle between Optimus and Megatron because that's what people want to see. So you just do it immediately. And honestly, that could probably go for like the first 30 minutes of this movie. Am I right? Dude, but also let's just let's just let's just go back to basics and look at what makes Transformers cool. You got to have the base colors just like the toy. Don't make oh. it look any different than the toy or else you're messing up, bruh. Obviously. Guys, let's talk Let's talk shade of blue first, okay? Yeah. Azure? Let's, sky? No, no uh, that's... I'm thinking that's, Pepsi blue is probably the right one. But here's the thing. I, mean, I, I do drink Pepsi uh, because Pepsi is better than Coca-Cola because... I mean, I, I do the do, but yeah, here's we, the thing. Yeah, I don't right. want... I, I'm going to stop this conversation if we start to get to the Shia Buffs, the Mac Wahlbergs. I don't care about any of that. If you no. come to this movie and you're like, hey, I like Shia LaBeouf, then you can get out. Just get out. I don't want you. You don't deserve this movie. 
I deserve yeah. this movie. There are robots in this movie, and that's all there is. Oh, that's a really good point, actually. I, I'm kind of wondering, do we even need human actors, right? We probably don't, because, like, again, if we're going to go by the template of, of the original animated movie, most of this action doesn't even take place on Earth, does it? I mean, that's the, that's the question. I think we only need Orson Welles, and he's not doing anything now, so we just have to get him back, and I think we're cool. Is he yeah. dead, though? Is he dead? Well, like, uh, no, he's, he's the guy that puts out the popcorn. He's totally alive. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we need to, we need to collect our thoughts because, number one, Orson Welles, number two, right shade of blue, Number three, big battle up front, okay? And literally, literally, you could get like an hour of the movie just out of that. Just out of that. I think so. so. Yeah, I mean, just don't, don't. (laughs) Guys, what is going on? What was that? What was that? Dude, from what I can recall, that seemed like a Star Trek mirror universe type situation. Like a bizarro universe? Are we still in the mirror universe? Did that Stargate thing actually work? Is Emmerich has a working Stargate? I I think so. Do you guys feel weird? Do you guys feel weird? I don't know. I just, my, my, my head's itching. Whoa. Whoa. That was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, weird things happen when you're trying to make art. Oh, that's true. You know, we should just go with it, man. I knew that Code Red was Mountain Dew was probably expired. I should have checked the date, but whatever. It's like, it still tasted good. Yeah. Okay. So, honestly, maybe that weird Code Red experience, we should use it. And maybe this is a cross. Do we do a Beast Wars Transformers crossover from the beginning? Is that how we're going to do this? <sighs> we're talking about a franchise. We're talking about pulling this out for years and years and years. Don't blow your load with Beast Wars right away. This yeah. Megatron Optimus fight, that's your first movie is them fighting. Like We don't yeah. need to yeah. complicate it. Well, dude, I'm just feeling this story where, like, Optimus goes, like, undercover with a band of Decepticons. No, workers, no, and- no, no. That's not in the comics. I told you, if you're going to bring your own stupid ideas, you need to get out of here. I don't want it. All of it's there. This is like the Bible. I don't know why we're not just following the Bible of Transformers. You guys are stupid. God, get someone That's- who knows something in here. Let's all let's all just agree from the beginning that we are Transformers Generation One continuity, right? Not animated yeah. and not Prime Generation One. We're we're there, right? That's what we want. Yes. I don't know why we can't be really true to the game and just use the Japanese names like Truck Man and Robot Missile. I mean, nobody wants Japanese things, okay? I'm sorry. No way, Jose, or should I say Josette for all you wokes out there. I don't want the Japanese names. It's Optimus Prime, or we're not doing it. Get out of here, dude. I was Brian. Brian got me really upset. 
when he said no Japanese things. Sorry, Snowflake, but uh, this is America. If you want Japanese things, go to Shanghai, okay? You are a straight xenophobe, and I won't have that in the Transformers community. You're not a real fan. I Get am out of here. Fan. I am a real fan. None of you here except Spitz are real fans. So where are they fighting then? Let's say where we're, where we're fighting. Are um, they on Cybertron? On Cybertron. Cybertron. God, is, you. is this guy even a Transformers fan? What is he talking about? Idiot. <sighs> okay. I don't like and, your attitude. Can I, can I just go try. back to my pitch of it being the ocean of Cybertron? And there's like uh, some bank grabbing Transformers that surf on the ocean and Optimus Prime has to go undercover. I just really think that's a good idea. I'm going to just keep bringing it up because They'll like- They'll get if you, rusted. They'll get rusted. Bank robbers, they don't use money. This first movie is Optimus Prime and Megatron. Like yes. that's the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's it. That's Should all. Should we it also needs to be. maybe have Bumblebee? I mean, if you want to start throwing this? in characters, but that's not what the movie's about. Bumblebee? Dude. What are you talking these, about? Dude, these you know you're right. I, I I think we needed Sound Blaster. You mean like sound wave? Not generation sound, my, one? I oh, might, you know, my, my mom got me the out of his I, I vouched for you. And it's clear you're just reading Wikipedia. You're not a real fan. And fanboy crybaby over here, you need to get on the same page, okay? I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to make a Transformers movie for the fans. For people like me who have dedicated their entire lives to this, this is the movie we deserve. And stop okay. mucking it up. I think we all have one thing that we agree. Optimus Prime versus Megatron. Everything yeah. else can get out of here. It's not needed. Optimus Prime versus Megatron. That's the movie. That's the poster. That's the movie. The poster is the movie. Yeah. You know what? You know what? That's, a, that's good. So, okay. So, nobody's ever done this before. Two and a half hours of nothing but one fight scene. It, yes. We can, yes. Almost, we can yeah. almost do it. We can almost do it as an unbroken take that starts on Cybertron, goes across the universe to the moon, and then ends up on Earth where they could fight across every country. I think when they go to the galaxy and to the planets we fight on every single planet that there is and then they end up on earth but then they go back to cybertron and then a post credit scene rodimus prime that's how we set up the next movie it's just that big fight and then at the end you're like oh rodimus is in the next one yeah. buy my ticket now Oof. so does Guys, chills, guys. bro. Chills. Does this movie end with the death of Optimus Prime, just like the end of B Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice? Where yes. you kill your main character so you can then have the giant resurrection evil scene in the sequel? That's the kind of depth that they were missing from the other Transformers movie mm -hmm. is you kill Optimus Prime, but you don't kill him. That's it's the resurrection 
That's mm-hmm. what makes it powerful. Uh, I, I totally agree with you guys. And I think it's a format that's never been seen before. Okay, guys, I'm going to call Robert Evans right now. Is he still on the line? Gentlemen, I've been on the line the whole time. I've been listening in. And good Lord, this is some of the most genius concept work I have ever heard in my 50 years in this business. I am energized by this pitch. My God, I feel alive. I'll tell you what. I need you all to sit down and put it in writing. Give me a page and a half of pure fire. I'm going to take this directly to our investors. I am going to requisition $300 million. And listen, all you need to do is tell me who's going to star in and direct this thing. Because baby Evans is all in on this Transformers reboot. Get back to me in about an hour. I'll see you then, gentlemen. We love you, George Hamilton. We love you. Guys, I think that went just about as well as it could have gone. And here's the thing. I mean, if all we have to do is come up with a director, I think we all know who that director should be, right? I mean, say it with me. Here we go. (laughs) Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Control it. Turn it off. I think it's stabilized. I think it's stabilized. Are we still there? Where? Where's here? Where are we? I don't. Wait, wait, wait. We got to think about this. We got to think about this. Did we just talk to Robert Evans? Yeah, but he was the head of the studio. He's not. He's not working anymore. Robert Evans is dead. That's why he's not working anymore. Yeah. I thought it was George <laughs> Hamilton, so I was hard to work when you're all. dead. You thought it was George Hamilton? Nice, Dan. It's a good point. Did he, did he just greenlight our movie, though? Did yes. The only thing I heard or that I remember was just a whole movie about Optimus Prime versus Megatron. That's yeah. it. That was Wait, the he, I swear to God, he said he loved it. I don't think I, I don't think I'm making this up. I'm pretty sure Robert Evans, the head of Paramount, just told us he's green lighting a three hundred million dollars Transformers movie that we just pitched him. That was just a four hour fight scene between Optimus Prime and Megatron. Ah, uh, so a little bit of a rock and a hard place because we have not had one sale yet. But that is not a movie, my friend. I don't know what to yeah. do. I mean, oh, realistically, there is no way that we can put that on film and then expect more than the 200 fans who want to see that show up to that movie. Like that, even, even, in, a, even in a mirror universe, there's no way that'll work. Well, hold on. He's going to call back, right? So maybe we could tell him that we flushed the pitch out before then, and maybe we can somehow make that work and still make the sale. Let's uh, try it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I vote I vote for that because, you know, uh, even in an alternate universe, I don't want to waste all that work. And, and look, ar- arguably, I, I think you can say, like, that e- each fight scene is cut between a bunch of different uh, things that happen that add gravitas to it, that add theme and character. What do you guys think? I don't know. We never even talked about what this movie's about. It's just a fight. 
I feel like we got to start somewhere, right? Okay. All right. So first of all, have any of you guys seen anything Transformers related? Because I have to be completely honest. I have not seen a single episode of the cartoon, a single movie, or the animated movie that everybody seems to love. I know nothing about this. In fact, when I was a kid, I kind of thought it was the dumbest of the triumvirate of He-Man, He-Man slash Thundercats, G.I. Joe, and then Transformers over here. This was the one I had the least interest in. Well, well um, I've seen the Bayformer movies, at least three of them. I really liked the first one. I've seen a smattering of the cartoon, the original one. I haven't seen any new ones. And I've seen the animated movie. So I'm a five out of ten on the knowledge scale. Ed, yeah, I'm, I'm probably close to that as well. I, I played with the toys once I could eventually afford them. Mostly I played with Legos that I turned into Transformers and called Optimus Prime. But, you know, you got to live the best life you can live with what you got, right? Uh, so then, uh, but I did see I did see that. And one time, you guys, I won uh, this contest, or at least I was supposed to win this contest, where I get a Unicron. They never sent me the Unicron. Is <laughs> this a real contest? So, yeah. so, so not it wasn't only, like her mom just made it up to just like make you happy and get her out of her no, face. No, I solved a problem. I sent it out through the post office. I pulled weeds to get those post-it stamps. Ron, are you sure you don't want to go back to your mirror universe life? I think because I think I, I, think I might, honestly. I think he was happier. I think I had a really cool hat, so <laughs> did. So you guys, but um yeah, I've seen a good amount of 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 the cartoon, and and I've definitely seen the animated, and, and yeah, I've seen most of the um, the newish movies that have come out. And I actually really liked Bumblebee. Bumblebee was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. And Ed, uh, what's your knowledge? Uh, I mean, uh, watched the old school movie, watched the cartoon a bit, uh, had some Transformers, not a whole bunch to make uh, Ron think that I was rich. Uh, but, uh, you know, and also, uh, I saw the Bayformers movies. I very much liked the first one. All the rest of them had more and more problems. And even the first one, uh, had some problems, you know, the death of jazz and all this kind of jazz. Uh, so yeah, I think the Transformers are an action concept and that's about all I'll commit to. Fair enough. So, all right, let's get it out of the way. What is Transformers about? Um, I know generally that it's some sort of war between two alien races that can turn into trucks and planes and such. Uh, I can't speak to this because I have no knowledge. Do you, can you guys give me a sense of like, what's the theme? What is the, what does this really address uh, anything? Well, they're at war with uh, either the Autobots or are at war with the Decepticons and they are uh, needing um, energon tubes, I believe. Uh, so that they can continue to live, as far as I understand. And also because something like there's got to be, um, there's some kind of MacGuffin, and I can't remember what it is, maybe Ed remembers, uh, that uh, when you get hold of that, it, it gives you the uh, extra power and ability to lead. That's the Unispark or something, right? The Allspark? Yes, the Allspark, the Allspark, if I'm remembering correctly. Um you know. So really, this this could be a story sort of about scarcity and resources in a weird way. Uh, does that track like the 
the Autobots want to use limited resources to spread good and the Decepticons are greedy and want to use it to spread evil? Or is that way too simplified? I mean, no, I think there's there's different variations too because, you know, the, the part that I remember the most is, or at least, you know, having watched the, the first movie and then I watched some of the cartoon that I thought was interesting was the movie makes it seem like the Transformers are fighting this war and they come here and they just so happen to make Earth kind of where they're going to fight next, which kind of is crappy. Uh, but in the cartoon, they came back like in the dinosaur times and they've just been like hanging out like, like yeah, they, forever and yeah, they, they transform not because it's like awesome. It's because they have to like blend in for the humans. So I don't know. I was telling Ed before we went uh, on the air that I thought what was kind of cool about uh, Transformers is like how they were created. It was like created by this alien race that was just kind of like, let's do an experiment and see what happens. And then Cybertron happens. They're like, Never mind. This is kind of lame. And then they leave. And I was like, "What you could? What if you just did like Prometheus, but Transformers, and make it not suck?" It's not a bad pitch, dude. I mean, there's I I, I always, always wondered about that. And so you're saying that like the Dino Wars or Beast Wars Transformers are essentially just Transformers before there were cars and planes to disguise themselves as. Yeah. I don't don't take my word for it, but I well, believe that's correct. E- even even in the Bay Formers, they had this jazz where they went back and they talked to Merlin and all this stupid stuff. So they, they Transformers being part of Earth's history and evolution in a secret way, like oh, this Model T transformed and kicked a bootlegger out a window. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That yeah, they, yeah, I yeah. think they have that sort of stuff. In it's, just, it's just you're right. I think it's just weird because that first movie posits that they have never been there before, and they're like uh-huh. Earth is our new home, and then. Five Five movies in it's just like is it because you have a lot of relatives here yeah um you know let me read you the uh fandom overview just so you 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 can see it is the <laughs> the cartoon along with the marvel comics set up the basic story of transformers that most other incarnations were to follow two warring factions of robots on the plaid planet cybertron leave in search of resources the factions crash land on earth and millions of years later, begin their battle anew in Reagan-era America and across the globe. And then, of course, each episode is basically them uh, getting in a fight with the Decepticons. And then the Decepticons run off having been defeated. And then every once in a while, they introduce a new, a new robot that either the Decepticons are trying to get a hold of to control or something along those lines. They do another fight, then... Bam. So that's the basic idea of the, the, the cartoon. There was no through line in this cartoon, by the way. The, the first, uh, I want to say the first two seasons had no through line. Every episode was a standalone episode. So, well, I mean, so, so then I guess that brings us to if the story we're telling, God help us, is a four hour never ending fight scene that takes us from the Transformers homeworld to other planets to earth and then back to Cybertron. Maybe, maybe the best way to do this is to literally have this movie take place over tens of millions of years, like start with the creation of the Autobots and the Decepticons, see that battle. And then essentially our act break becomes they get trapped in time or they hit earth, they kill the dinosaurs and then it takes them forever to wake up. You know what I mean? Like, do we just have a giant battle prologue just to get 
from Cybertron to Earth. Well, okay, th- I, this is what I have to say to that. I'm, just, I'm yes, ending that four hours each hour, and it's not. It's just it's going to be a big fat thing. Screw them! Screw them! They got to watch this whole thing. So it's like four hours. The first hour, yeah, is Cybertron to Earth, basically, or Cybertron to another planet, then off of that planet to Earth. Then, like the fourth movie is set in the future, and the third movie set in the present, sort of thing. Just divide it like that, and like the yeah, we're getting these hour long glimpses of an unending war and we get to see different characters pop up. Other characters are broken down and tore up. Other characters are transformed to a new form, whatever. And we get to, I think that's interesting kind of. And and I would argue in, in our, the realm and the way we do things, what if it ends with them actually sitting down and uh, after a big fight and just being like, what are we doing? Why don't we share this? Guys, I am loving this, but uh, full disclosure, I do have a kid to feed, so uh, we got to take a quick commercial break and uh, make a little cash, so we'll be right back. I would love if this could be, you know, the first real explanation of, like, why are you fighting? Like, mm-hmm. why is there why is there so much beef between... You, you guys were both made by the same crazy alien race that had five faces, like... You guys have, uh, this sounds really cliche and almost corny, but it's like you guys have more in common than you do differences. So why are we fighting? Like that, that tends to kind of be glossed over, but that could be if you have stakes and you know why there's like emotions on both sides, like a fight is going to not feel as draining if there's well, something behind it. Yeah. Can I, can I proffer this? I had read uh, a comic, maybe Joe Starr put me onto it, but yada, yada, yada. The Decepticons started being sort of terrorist seditionists in, a, in one version of the Transformer stuff. The Decepticons turned Decepticon as in, I'll deceive you. I'll make a secret cabal. I'll mess up society because more or less there was like a robot cast system or something like that. And they weren't down with it. Like they, they made you be this certain function. You know, mm. if you were a microscope, you had to be a damn microscope. You couldn't be like, well, since I had the power to transform into anything I want. No, you are a microscope now. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what's up? You get to be a big truck with missiles and stuff. Come on in here, daddy. I love you, man. And get out of here, microscope. You know what I mean? And they made people live that life, like a Gattaca of freaking robots. Hmm. And that started their basic war. I'm not saying we have to get that deep, but along those lines, something to where there's something meaty for the Decepticons to like believe be angry about besides evil. Well, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of mileage to treating this story as a little bit of an AI story. Like if, if this alien race to Billy's point about doing the Prometheus thing, if this alien race is a super advanced society that creates you know, independently intelligent AI, maybe the beginning of the Transformers is essentially like the technological singularity for this alien culture where like these things become self-aware. They realize that they can improve themselves better than their creators can improve them. I know that the stories in the comics talk about Optimus Prime wielding the creation matrix, which is essentially a MacGuffin that gives life to machines Maybe that's a maybe that's where we start, right? Like the machines develop their own technology to improve themselves, and that sets us off on this thing of like, you know, the the Autobots trying to fulfill their function and the Decepticons sort of um, uh, rejecting the very concept of a function. It's a little bit of the Wachowski's Matrix, right? Like once you create something that's intelligent enough to 
have human level intelligence, you can no longer presume that you, sh- you can just give it a function and it'll be okay with that. Um, so that's, I mean, to me, that feels like a meaty place to start this. I don't know how that Im- immediately launches into a universe spanning battle. That's where I feel like we almost need to take this to God help us Zack Snyderville where it, it just becomes operatic Dermon strong. You know, it's like, what is, is there well, something as simple as like uh, Optimus prime makes a decision that kills Megatron's proto robot family right where it's just very simple easy to understand stakes that's going to kick off this giant never-ending battle and then and then uh well what if someone steals the creation matrix and then takes off with it and their poor purpose is to let robots be free is Cybertron, I, I like that, Ron. And let me just ask this. Is Cybertron supposed to be the home world of the alien race that created the Transformers or is Cybertron a totally different thing? I think they created Cybertron. Yeah. Like the, so, and then they left. So this and is pretty created, dope. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they created their own society, basically. Well, right. And so... I just want to clarify real quick. They, meaning the aliens who made the Transformers, made Cybertron. The Transformers themselves did not make. Correct. Right. I got that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so I guess what I'm saying is there's, there's something really interesting to like Cybertron could kind of be anything we want it to be in the context of our movie. And what if Cybertron, you know, I'm just trying to think of like Cybertron evolves into a robot planet. Like what, what sort of path can it take or what, what are, what are the implications of that? Um, you know, you, you shoot a, you shoot a robot probe into the sky and then it just starts building and it just keeps building and building. Maybe Cybertron has like devoured other planets for the raw material or okay. stars for the let, raw let, material. Go ahead. Let me, let me, yes. And that, okay. And, in, in certain conceptions of the transformers lore, there was the, the prime planet, which is Cybertron and there was Unicron mm. and there yeah. were two planets. So like the one was a planet of like order and, and everything's doing what it needs to do. And it's like robotopia. And then one planet is like the seething, you know, and I just mm. think, let's get real stupid, guys. I don't want us to get in the weeds. So this is my real stupid suggestion. The Autobots are chilling out on their planet. They've had their own wars. They went through Bronze Age where they wore togas and stuff. They did everything. It could be so many funny scenes. We'll do with that what you will. But the bottom line is, when Cybertron comes, Cybertron, is, uh, 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 or rather uh, Unicron is the planet that comes back to Cybertron and says, I will initiate a caste system. You can't have robot poets anymore. You can't have any of this crap. We're going to be a war machine and we're going to go kick some ass. So get with the program. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I didn't know. I I didn't have a function. So, yeah, I'll get down with you. And other people are like, dude, no, we must. Even as soldiers, it must be our will or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It just go with that. Real dumb. But I think it's real simple. That's not dumb. I'm with that. I'm with that completely. I'm actually reading sort of a Jack Kirby New Gods thing into this, where it's like Unicron is Apocalypse and Cybertron is New Genesis, and it's essentially we it, we can almost take the plot of the Masters of the Universe movie, right? Where if if Unicron wins in space at the beginning of our movie, then that gives uh, the Autobots a reason to sort of 
traverse the cosmos, you know, essentially on a, a mad dash with the creation matrix in their possession to find other developed planets where they could essentially turn their tech, evolve their technology enough to, to grow the ranks of the Autobots. That's kind of dope. Like if the whole idea is that Unicron has militarized all of the Transformers kind, then the Autobots are this faction that is split off and they're searching the cosmos for other intelligent technology that they can empower with the creation matrix yeah. to join their ranks to build up to the war. Does that track? Yeah, I like that. I haven't heard it in any Transformers lore, which is why a bunch of the comments will say they don't like it. But I think it's the essence of what the Transformers are about. You know, go from planet to planet, different environments. Each environment provides a different challenge for me to assimilate with and transform into. Uh, they make indelible marks on different planets as they traverse the universe. All that tracks with Transformers. There's also something There's something interesting, and maybe it's just interesting to me, and it wouldn't make sense in this movie. But it's like if you have the creation matrix and you're going around to different planets to basically, you know, evolve other species to a point where they can be like you. Like, isn't that kind of what we did with like the crusades? Like, didn't we pretty much push our, you know, or not our, but push, you know, pushing the Christian religion on everyone. And if you didn't, you kill them. Like there is something kind of like, it's, I get like the way we're pitching it sounds very heroic, but it's interesting to me that the first thing that popped into my head was like, well, what if you go somewhere that they don't want to, you know, like being involved is not a thing that's like what they want to be, you know? I kind of mm. love the idea that Optimus Prime is bringing the gospel of the all spark to all <laughs> to these different worlds. You know, there, there's something. And there could be some to that. Yeah, there could be some political stuff in that, too. If you think about it, like maybe the name Autobots is actually an insult from Decepticons. Like literally Unicron's like from 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 here on forth, we'll be we will be known as Decepticons. We will infiltrate planets. We will take over. We will, you know, we will make we will make their lives better. And they don't even know they need it better. You know, like that sort of thing. And then the Autobots are, oh, they're just they're just bots. They're just auto. They don't do anything. They don't think they're not, they're not creative. They're not willing to go take care of what needs to be taken care of. They're just Autobots. I mean, you could kind of flip it in that name, taking, taking to what you're, you're talking about, Ron, like you could kind of flip it a little bit. And it's like, what if look, Transformers fans are throwing stuff at their screen right now. But what if, what if this, uh, what are we calling it? This, giver lifer cube thingy whatever creation matrix the creation matrix what if it's what if it's not just one what if it's not like a a one mcguffin that everyone's chasing after what if it's just an ability or or it's something that's like bountiful and both the decepticons and the autobots are both going to other planets and the decepticons are the ones that are like i don't care i'm going to turn the stapler sentient whether it likes it or not and kind of the existential crisis of like things that should never have meant to exist in that way existing versus the Autobots who are trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the evangelicals versus, you know, kind of like the, the crazy zealots. And it's like, look, you know, and so, so that immediately make that makes me think of when they do get to earth, then the Decepticons essentially want to turn on Skynet on earth, right? The Decepticons are here to evolve our technology to uh, a hyper-intelligent level, and the Autobots are here to stop that from happening. 
And there's something kind of interesting to your point, Billy, about like, well, the Autobots then are really fighting to hold back the pace of technology. They're really fighting to like dumb down. Well, um, it's it's Star Trek. It's the prime directive. Yeah. You don't Let go and hold. interfere with someone's culture. Like you just yeah. don't do that. And I, I, I already know they did something with the life giver cube in the second Transformers. It was dumb and they didn't do it right. So whatever we're pitching is better by default. So you can delete your comments. Yeah, but, but, and also though, uh, the whole thing about uh, why the Transformers are on these different places, I do think we need to add uh, a, a refugee element to the Autobots because frankly, the Autobots yeah. are the only soldiers that get pushed into being soldiers, which is why they're special. They're not just mm-hmm. another faction of people fighting for anything. They were trying to get their religious freedom and they went away and then people kept coming and messing with them. It's like if the American myth were true, you know what I mean? So like, I think that's an interesting thing to play with these guys. Like they just wanted to go be, go be by themselves and make their little utopia and not, and not, uh, not actively oppress worlds. That's all they wanted to do. And now they're pressed into service because they are the only things in the universe that can fight this force. And that's why they have to marshal their, their people. There, I mean, there, you do get a good amount of planet hopping then if the beginning of the movie is essentially Unicron and the forces of the Decepticons taking over Cybertron, Optimus Prime and his pilgrims fleeing, and now they're on whatever that planet is. I mean, that could even be a potential setup for uh, future movies. You know, we spend 20 minutes on this other planet where they have taken refuge and are essentially hiding out. And it's sort of a reverse beginning of Avengers Endgame where it's like they're just there chilling, but then the Decepticons find them, raise their society that they've built over whatever million years that they've been there, and now we're on the run again with these Mm -hmm. even more crazy, powerful Decepticons coming after us, and then we're on Earth. Dude, you know, and, that, and and that that thing about the the whole the whole beast wars of it all. At some mm. point, either on an alien planet, uh, maybe the people are throwing stuff at their screen now. No, it's got to be on some in the in the cartoon. It was on some other planet, but they just happen to have tigers and apes and bears. Well, I think I think that it was a, it was a long running thing where they thought that they were on another planet, but it turned out to be prehistoric Earth. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So I I think we could end up doing that beast wars thing uh and in earnest like the transformers yeah. are having a good time on Cybertron, being sleek looking robots and stuff and they get here and they become these pretty damn good but not quite great facsimiles of all the all the flora and fauna i mean it really have it be cool have the you know the, the unicron uh infected decepticons coming down to coming down and becoming pterodactyls and jazz i mean let's get nuts yeah and i mean could we include other like aliens on those planets or is it just the life of just a random beast on, on the planet? Like it's almost like a non-evolved earth type of thing. I, I don't know. It just adds a little bit of uh, scariness to the Decepticons to know that they just go and conquer whatever life is on that planet as well as trying to trans, uh, chase but down. I, I think what makes it, what makes it interesting is they're not con- in their minds. They're not conquering. They're converting for yes. your own benefit and i think yeah. that's what makes a decepticon finally like saving yeah because well it's like you know it's like why would you not take our technology we're here to make you better like what you yeah. are is unevolved like we're 
why would you not do this? You know? And I think, yeah. So I, I do think that there would be aliens that are, or other creatures, whatever they would be that we would encounter because you just have to have that kind of interaction. Like if it's just a bunch of, you know, if it is a stapler, no one's going to care, you know? Yeah. And then we still yeah. get our, our previously approved fight through uh, multiple planets and through, you know, the galaxy or universe. But it, or but it is. This is like, you know, when, when we were originally uh, hearing our worst do crew talk about what they wanted to do. Uh, it, it felt to me like, do you ever see that movie duel where it is just like a two hour it's Spielberg's first the movie. Trucks? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like duel where it, like, it kind of is just like a, a two hour, just not a lot of dialogue, just chase. But it's like, I feel like that's what this movie has to be. It has to have almost like duel or like, infinity war like that kind of like it has to be a chase the everything Dude, this movie has yes. to feel like they're always on our heels and we can't stop moving uh to yes and that the whole point is uh obviously at some point in the beast wars days in the past of prehistoric earth the autobots had some sort of victory and or they both annihilated each other or whatever something happened to cause that pause that allowed us to evolve without their influence that's just a matter of fact. If we live on Earth and it's like this, instead of Cybertron, something happened. And I just think what you said, Billy, when they wake up from that or however way you want to render that, it's right back to fighting. It's like, oh, guys, like Kyle Reese waking up in an alley. Where am I at? What am I doing? Oh, yeah, I'm chasing. It's like that moment in Memento where he's like, am I chasing him or is he chasing me? We're, we're already fighting. It's already happening. It's, too, it's even, even after a thousand years sleep, you have to get right back to fighting. I think that's sort of interesting. Um, do we want the do we want the sort of middle portion to actually take place on prehistoric Earth, or should we come up with a totally alien planet for the Beast Wars stuff to be happening on? Um, I'll weigh in and say I don't care. I'll weigh in okay. to say I don't care. And I'll weigh in and say that I want another planet just because I think it's fun. I kind of agree with that, Ron. I think that it, it would be really interesting for us to just sort of create an entire intelligent alien civilization just to see how these transformers would sort of like disguise themselves, be a part of it. And then it also gives us something to completely annihilate in sort of the most cataclysmic transformers battle you've ever seen. That's not earth. So it's like you Mm. sort of get the effect of, Oh, transformers destroying earth. Like it's 2012, another Roland Emmerich joint. Um, (laughs) but we don't actually have to destroy the earth. It's almost more like, you know how like the first 20 minutes of there will be blood sort of gives you a justification for how much of a bastard Daniel Plainview is for the rest of that movie, just because you see like how awful the stuff he goes through is. Mm -hmm. I'm almost saying we do that, right? Like you create an alien civilization just to kill it, just to up the stakes for like when they get to earth, this is how bad things might be. I don't know. I think that could be an interesting, and again, it just, it pads it. So whether this is going to be a four hour style Snyder cut or whether this is going to be four hour long, you know, multi-part mini series movie. Yeah. yeah, Whatever it's going to be for Paramount plus assuming Paramount plus exists in this reality. Um, I assume it does. Someone's buying this. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Um, All right. So we have no human characters. That's the one thing that uh, I know our doppelgangers were super into uh, can we honestly sustain that if this movie is just going to all be, I mean, it sounds like this movie starts with 
Optimus Prime. It's essentially the beginning of Man of Steel, where Optimus Prime is uh, fending off Zod slash Megatron's attack and then has to flee the planet. Well, I, I would argue that the first hour and hour, maybe even hour and 10 minutes is the story of Optimus Prime being foisted into a leadership role and accepting the the Matrix or whatever. And then from that point, he's Optimus Prime and blah, blah. But like, we've never got the chance to see somebody. You're right about the Man of Steel thing. You're absolutely right. But I'm saying even like I was an Autobot farmer and then they came and told me I had to fight a bunch of people and I'm big and strong, but... I just want to be on my farm and oh no, it's I'm like drawn gladiator. into it. I'm can we, drawn into it. Can we, do, can we do gladiator and just have Optimus wave his hand over some wheat? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm serious business. The first hour, hour and 20 minutes is gladiator with, with freaking with Optimus prime. And he gets his merry band of dudes, his merry band of dudes that survived that first purge. The dudes who survived his good buddy, who's a, a big rolling machine and his fast buddy who's slick. And these guys got out of that first purge. And that's why they're the clan of Autobots that we're going to follow for the rest of the movie. And that's why we care at all. And when they die going through this giant long runtime, we're going to care. Yeah. It's Braveheart. I, I, I got to I got to yeah. one up Gladiator. It's bra- I mean, it's literally the first hour yeah. of Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe is this movie is this movie animated? Is this a 3D animated movie? I mean, it, it feels like that's the right choice given that all of our characters are going to be non-human, um, and that isn't to say that it's super stylized. But maybe we just commit to this being a 100% CG movie. I guess. I guess I don't have a problem i don't know there you do lose something with it not being live action and i get it live action in quotes it's like lion king live action yeah. but yeah. i don't know i i don't lion know king, i'm not sold lion king live action is actually a good touchstone mm. um where it's essentially photo real CG. Yeah, I think that's where we. I mean, that's essentially what we got to by the end of those Transformers movies. And and, and anyway, I'd argue right? that like, I think a lot of people want that part. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, I mean, You're, arguably, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's good to have it be. I mean, look. Mm. I, I, on the other hand, my argument for maybe it having a, being a cartoon is that if you think about how weird the uh, the the animated. Uh, Transformers movie was and how crazy it was to everyone that they killed Optimus Prime in that right at the beginning and how bananas that movie is it is bananas is what we're talking about might be more accepted if it was animated but here here's the thing uh, and I know uh, I, I could just hear his voice in my head my doppelganger would be very upset I uh, that 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 animated movie did not do well. It didn't, it didn't, it bombed and it didn't hit uh, a big target, like a big audience. And I think, and I think this one, I would want to, I wanted, I, I think there is some transformers movie fatigue. I think the box office results of Bumblebee, which I really enjoy, but I think by that point people are just tired of it. So it's like, if we're going to give them another one, I would want to lay it out a little bit cleaner and be like, this is what a live action transformers movie can be. And that's, that would be my argument about and just okay. just to, just to give Bumblebee some props too. Bumblebee was for a lot of forty year old guys getting that first gray hair in their chest. That was their just cry in the movie theater moment. It was on Cybertron. You saw them interact as robots in an all robot world. You saw them fight. It was pretty decent. 
And then they went to the beach with a girl and they hung out for a while. And then John Cena came, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, so, so like if we could give them four hours of the beginning of Bumblebee, if you don't like that, you're dumb and you don't like Transformers. Honestly, but I, I, I kind of tend to side with what Bill had said way back earlier, which is like, I tend to take the opposite of this argument nine times out of 10, but this would be the one time where I'm like, let's, let's try to make it operatic. Like you might as well, like we've already seen the like self-deprecating, like John Cena be like, how did you not know their name is Decepticons? Like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. we've already rolled our eyes at this. It's like, if we try to give it some pathos and treat it like a real mythology, it could be kind of cool. You know, I agree with that, man. And I think leaning into, I think you said it, Billy, like the religious overtones of what these two sides are doing. I think that's part of it. I love the idea of like, if the first hour of the movie is essentially aping Braveheart and the second hour of the movie is essentially aping, you know, some sort of harrowing genocide drama And then the third and fourth hours of the movie are just like hell has come to destroy earth the way you just saw it destroy this other planet. Mm -hmm. And we will not go gently into that good night says Bill Pullman, you know, like Mm -hmm. you just have to sort of take all of these incredibly over the top cheesy, not even cheesy, but just sort of like unrealistically grand story elements and just commit to them with 100% fidelity. I mean, I, you, you, it gets you something interesting. I don't know if it's like super edifying. I don't know if you're going to like get a lot out of it on an intellectual level, but it could be an experience. That's for damn sure. I just had a set piece in mind when I was thinking about Transformers. It's like, I just want like one Transformer to show up in a junkyard and it's almost like the old West and you, there's just crap everywhere and you have no idea what is a transformer and what is just junk. And it turns into like this, like kind of thriller suspense moment of like every turn you make, like, is that really like an old broken down car or is that like a transformer hiding ready to pop out? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, I mean, you could sort of make, if we're going to, if we're okay, if we're going to actually do a four hour never ending battle movie, just by definition, you almost have to make, every beat of that movie stylistically different. So there's, there's a sequence that's a war sequence. There's a sequence that to Billy's point is sort of like a slasher horror sequence. There's a sequence that's like um, the great escape, right? Where it's like, we have to find a clever way to get out of this or, or escape these guys. There's a sequence that's like bare knuckle brawling, like super hardcore Optimus versus Megatron, all these other transformers have fallen around them. And it's like Rocky versus Drago. There's another sequence. That's all like aerial combat, like a, you know, like a, almost like a star Wars movie. You kind of have to cram all of that into this one movie. All right. We got to do one more commercial break before we get any further. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Almost like Les Miserables, you know, where it's like you're, you're, um, you're following multiple generations of the same family as they go through this horrible turmoil, but it's robots. <laughs> like it's like Rocky. I mean, a little it's bit. Like, yeah, it's like it's like if 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 we had to watch Rocky's grandparents come over from the old country and punch meat until they had him <laughs> in 1948. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I guess it is kind of like the Skywalker saga in a sense. We start with 
the father going all the way through the sequel trilogy. Whereas, you know, that's the history of the Skywalkers. I almost see this as like the history of the, of the Autobots, you know, like how it started and how Optimus Prime became this like legendary general or whatever Mm -hmm. he is. Well, and here's Mm -hmm. a question. Like, do we need to have humans in this? And if we're going to do, because obviously earth, they're going to be on earth and we have to have some kind of human element. Is the human element, the idea of randomness, the idea of like Bruce Lee's uh, concept of no mindedness, which is like when you're fighting, you don't actually do any of the fighting until the fighting is happening. You're not thinking about the punch. You're not planning that punch. You're doing it because one body reacted and you have to react the specific way that needs to happen for that specific moment. What if human uh, ingenuity and lack of logical ability is the thing that puts Optimus Prime over in the fight. How, I mean, that's, there's something super interesting about that. How do you, how would you see that playing out? Even just like a scene of that, what, what would that feel like? I mean, you know, the, the first thought I had, which I think is not a good thought, but it's the first thought I had. So I'm just going to tell you it Mm -hmm. Uh, is, is that, uh, is that literally they uh, created a robot for a human to fight in and sort of, sort of showed Optimus Prime the idea behind it. Oh, dude. So what you're really doing here is you're giving us a backdoor into Voltron. Um, like if, Oh humans, my God. You know what I mean? Like if humans are creating giant robots to fight inside, why not? Is that like, is that it's our, got, is that our third act twist? A, it's kind of a an entree into Macross really, or, or Robotech for the, uh, yeah. Yeah, you you bring up an interesting point, Ron, because now that I'm thinking, like, it's almost, not almost, like, it is kind of non-heroic and irresponsible for Optimus Prime to have these humans fight his fight with him for him. Like, don't don't bring your that's that's a family issue. Don't bring it here. Like, I I kind of wonder if there is. If there is some sort of human element, although it's like the the problem is it comes in at hour three of a four hour <laughs> thing, but it is, it, it would be interesting if it's like you start to gear up like the humans to fight and then you're like, no, you guys can't do this. Like it, it's, this isn't your fight. This isn't right. We shouldn't even be fighting here. And that's when Megatron shows up and is like, I don't care, which I think they kind of did in those other movies, but he certainly had no problem finding Shia LaBeouf or, or Mark Wahlberg to help him fight something. Well, that's why I wonder, you know, in the, in the grand tradition of like um, uh, big epic movies, I'm, I'm, I'm literally thinking of the 10 commandments, you know, there's, there's a legitimate intermission in that movie. And when you pick it up after the intermission, the status quo has changed. And now it's like Moses has a family living in the desert and you know, he's a completely different person. There is something to be said, especially in a nonstop action epic. If after the intermission, somewhere in the, at the midpoint of this four hour movie, you just introduce some new characters. Lawrence of Arabia does the same thing. There's an intermission and then new characters are just there and a part of the story when we come out of the intermission. And I think that actually helps get us back to Cybertron because I think if you have it, so it's just like Optimus is like, I'm going to get my army ready because they're going to come here and then realizes like, 
I'm no better than them if I'm making these people do something that's for me that could cost them their lives and it's not what they want. I have to get Megatron away from Earth. I got to get him out of here and I'll have him follow me back to Cybertron, you know? Then it becomes like, mm-hmm. we, we can't bring the fight to Earth. This is wrong. I think that's the one part of those Transformers movies that always sits weird with me is like Optimus kind of, you know, waxes poetic about how he's like, we brought the fight to your planet and sorry. But he's like, but you keep doing it over and over and over. Leave. You can leave and go do this somewhere else, but you don't. So it it's can like- literally I think- turn into a shuttle. Right. I think I think the heroic thing for Optimus <laughs> to do is to realize, like, I would rather lose my fight on my own than involve all these people who never signed up for this or shouldn't sign up for this. I mean, you know, and then if you uh, I mean, with my idea, if he's been talking with people on this planet and at first was trying to inspire them to fight and realizes that 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 turn, he could have had the conversation uh, with with someone about how they you know fight and how they think and et cetera et cetera, and then when he gets back on Cybertron, that's the thing that puts him over the top. Because I would love if Megatron basically whoops Optimus Prime's butt every single time, but that last part where he discovers something within himself to not be as predictable. Like for instance, maybe at this point Megatron knows every move he makes every single time. Oh, so you want Optimus Prime to learn the way of flowing water, whatever the Bruce Lee. I mean, basically, because I mean, uh, as, as, as far as what you can think of human beings as unique in, in, in what you can think of human beings as unique, it, it's our ability to, to like be random, to, to kind of uh, flow off of anything that happens to us and survive and, get a little bit better and i and i think if you if the ideas were instilling that idea within him and then also inspiring him to finally go fight away from other beings who are getting hurt in their war sort of like we did with our he-man thing um then we're then giving him a way to win humans are involved in that way and well i think what, Ron, what human I'm, gonna, involvement? I'm piggybacking off of you because it's like if he goes to this alien planet in the first half of this thing, befriends them. They're like, we want to fight for your cause. They get wiped out. He goes to earth, starts Mm -hmm. to do it again. And then realizes like, I can't wipe out another civilization. I already did this once. Mm -hmm. So he learns from it, you know? Right. And he, and he has to, he has to smarten up his tactics and we, in order to have our species not get destroyed, some earth person could have a little baby star turn in 30 minutes of our four hour movie. It wouldn't hurt anybody to have it be like, okay, you got, he has to rely on something that he knows from that, from these people that he meets to do the Jeet Kune Do that Ron wants to do, but also to get some collaboration besides just Autobot people to make the Stargate or whatever to plunge everybody through to get them back to Cybertron where they belong to have this fight. Like something that almost like magnetizes all the stupid Transformers that yanks their ass out of this reality into Cybertron so they can stop messing our place up. Like just some grand thing at one point, just and, get out of here. You know. And if you want to have the most insane fight of all time, you could, uh, I mean, this probably is a terrible idea and you should, tur- you should immediately turn me down when I say this, but I, I just going to say it because it popped into my head at the end uh, what if they bring Cybertron to life and then Cybertron fights Unicron 
along with everybody else fighting on type, top of <laughs> the planet becomes like uh, ego. And there's, planet there's like two, two, two giant planets fighting each other. I don't know. That's crazy, but it's just I just um, pictured literally smaller transformers running along another. I don't. On top I don't of- hate it. I don't. I do because <laughs> the defeat. The, the 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 one thing we've set up here, frankly, is a classic Avengers situation where there's many more Decepticons, it seems, than Autobots. No matter how much you proselytize and yep. hit people with a creation wand, there's only so many of you because you're refugees. They're the invading army. They're the Crusaders coming to teach you something. So you have to like get that together. So basically, when Cybertron which comes back with this new knowledge of its people. Its people have went out on a walkabout and learned all these skills and fought, 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 and came back with all this. They jack into Cybertron. He transforms and fights Unicron. And and when he beats up Unicron, Unicron getting knocked the hell out, messes with all the Decepticons for a big, giant victory, even though their numbers are small. They taught their planet how to fight, and that backed them up to win this war they've been losing for millennia. Yes, and all I have to add to that is in that final battle, Optimus Prime and the other Autobots are piloting Cybertron like Power Rangers in the Megazord. So you have the giant robots in the pilot, in the like the in the head of the gianter robot. <laughs> Dude, and and they could launch robots as weapons. They can launch missiles and robots in concert, so we can have them fighting across the surface of. The, uh, dude, all that stuff. You, Let's get nuts. Dude, I'm gonna do you one better. The human star that we introduce at the midpoint, and we, and I'm going to say we then kill off for our break into three. Right, thirty minutes, forty five minutes in the movie. It's a human that is partnered with Optimus Prime and is teaching him or, or, or even maybe it's a mad scientist who's experimenting on the Autobots to give them more abilities or what have you. But this guy dies after creating Robotech, Macross, like you said, Ed. This human is partnered with Optimus Prime and creates pilotable um, robots and then Optimus Prime also learns that from him. So I'm just trying to find a way for yeah. like Optimus Prime gets the idea of piloting Cybertron and transforming Cybertron from this human who was like, well, if you guys can be giant fighting robots, I can make a giant fight at robot too. Something like that. I, I don't know. Oh, even if I he's just sketching fun. out, even if he's just sketching out the idea and building 3D models for it or whatever, or and, and maybe we got a prototype or something, so there's a hint that we could do Macross down the line. But yeah, the the concept of robots becoming bigger, better robots, and that and that maybe goes Optimus goes, hey, you four construction bots, I got an idea, and then they just jump up on each other and become like the Voltron things, and that you know what I mean? Like all that whole thing comes from people. And that's that way people get their little thing in without being central to the plot for four hours. That's kind of great. Not bad. Do we want to kill Optimus Prime in the same way that the animated movie did? I want I personally I just want to jump in on this. I want to kill him in the third act and have throughout the story been building up Rodimus Prime or Jazz or whoever Hot Rod. is is. The, it, yeah. Building up that character as a person where, you know, they're the constant right-hand man, but they're just like Daryl, right? Daryl doesn't want to lead. He just shoots people with his crossbow and then jumps on his bike. And then, you know. This is where we go back to Gladiator because essentially Hot Rod is going to be the um, Jiman Hansu character from Gladiator. 
where mm. he's just sort of the sidekick through everything. But then when Russell Crowe dies, to, uh, killing the emperor in the final battle, you've got his buddy there to enjoy the freedom that Russell Crowe could never enjoy. Uh, yeah, that would be my only mm. argument for Like, I feel like you have to keep uh, Optimus through the battle. I think he dies in the battle. Um, but of course, I, I think we we do it in a non-definitive way that we could always yeah. backtrack later if we want to. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think he does. Maybe not even not at the beginning of the third act, but maybe acquiescing to that, Billy. The last battle is going to take probably most of an hour. So yeah, him dying at the end of that battle or as a big part of that to like really win the day. And Rodimus plays his part too, and it's a great victory for everybody, but a loss. It's a bittersweet. I yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Optimus just needs the grand operatic death of a Maximus mm-hmm. or a William mm-hmm. Wallace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like if that's exactly. our, if those are our touchstones, let's yes. take it all the way to completion, baby. To I've completion. got a real I've, I've got one rule with this, and that that's that I want to see Rodimus Prime cry one drop of oil. <laughs> <laughs> If we're going to do that, then we need we need gallons of oil being splashed across the screen like operatic oh. blood during the oh, battles. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're well, going mean, to get an R-rated for oil. You remember <laughs> Samurai Jack? You guys remember that cartoon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they did. They had it be super violent, but PG because he's killing robots. And and also just really quickly, I don't want to sound like a super fan, but what I what I think my counterpart uh, uh, said in the other universe, the one thing I really remember was he was like the paint job, or he said something about the paint job, or like blah blah. I think me, I would interpret that as make the design simple so that when they get injuries, the people can register them and feel yeah. for the robots. That's hundred percent. I think that was the, the old, like uh, there was a lot of criticisms, but I really liked that 2007 transformers. But I, when jazz dies, I was like, Oh, I thought he was a bad guy. I thought that was the other guy. I didn't realize that that was uh, Eddie Winslow's uh, transformer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so just to that, Warner. In that original Transformers. How dare you, Bill? Uh, Eddie Winslow is Darius McCrary, and you should know oh that. Oh my God! Yeah. I was thinking of the. I was thinking of Theo. Theo from the yeah. Cosby Show. Damn it! Yeah. yeah. What? You turn into me for a second? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh. But so, so basically, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm feeling this, guys. That that's a that's a good direction, and we get some pathos from people, but not too much. Just a little. How many times do we actually get what the fans probably want with like? Take it super seriously. What if Transformers was Gladiator? It's like, here you go. This yeah, is what yeah. it would be. What if, what if Transformers <laughs> was Braveheart? I mean, <laughs> I, I, it, Braveheart meets Gladiator meets uh, uh, Ben-Hur. I mean, that's, that's what this is. Uh, meets, meets Ten Commandments. That's literally <laughs> what this Transformers movie is. Oh, dude. I don't know if this is the most insane thing we've ever done or kind of brilliant. Um <laughs> So before we wrap it up, let's let's talk about, I mean, can we at least cast our two human characters and do we want to voice cast anybody in particular? I think I think somebody in the mirror universe was saying that Orson Welles was going to be in this. Wouldn't he be like a hundred? Uh, he, he's very dead. Um, I, I actually think the Transformers animated movie was his last ever performance of anything, which is mm. nuts. Maybe uh, not like, in this new reality. If we have to, uh, if we have to acquiesce, we'll just get a bunch of archive stuff and kind of Frankenbite it together so that uh, Orson Welles from the grave 
voices Unicron or From something. Grave. Like like Brando in Superman Returns. So yeah. weird. So weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I look at this point it's like do you even try to re-voice cast like peter cullen for uh, as optimus or you just like that's what it is i'm cool with that that i think that's what it is i i I can't you know i can't with that yeah yeah Yeah. in the in the spirit of uh the quote-unquote live action lion king we would probably end up having to bring in some big stars but uh, at this point, this is too crazy and unwieldy to even start thinking about who else is in this movie other than Optimus, Megatron, who Cybertron maybe has a voice, and Unicron, who I guess is going to be voiced by Orson Welles. I want to do my pitch for uh, Cybertron as Russell Crowe, Unicron is somebody like Tony Todd. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fair. Does Mel Gibson get a role in this as a villain just to really try? No, he should never work again. Not not unless he transforms into somebody else. (laughs) I got to be honest. I hear all that and agree with it. But a part of me is like Mel Gibson would direct the hell out of this. All right. Autobotica. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Autobotico. Apocalata Autobotica. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, ransom. No, he just was in that. I don't think he did. <laughs> what in, if in all serious is, is Megatron? Did I, well, I mean, it, sure. If he if he was Optimus and it was Ransom, he'd be like, "You're not gonna get close to these Energon cubes. I'm not gonna give them." <laughs> Who is um? Uh, he's such a good actor, and I'm so sorry. The only role I can think of off the top of my head is uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. He's Sabretooth. Oh, uh, Liev Schreiber. Liev yeah. Schreiber. I think he'd be a good Megatron. Oh, that guy's got an amazing huh. voice. Yeah, um, it would he, be a great Megatron. Yeah, he he would be awesome. He was the kingpin in Into the Spider Verse, and that he's was a lot of movie. amazing things. And I'm so sorry that I picked the one thing that is a terrible movie. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I would I would uh, will say that he, while while that is a terrible movie, I think he did as good as he could do with a character like oh, that. he's the he's the highlight of an otherwise borderline unwatchable movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, do we want to real quick cast the human character or characters? Like, who is our sacrificial lamb that's going to change Optimus's whole way of thinking? Essentially, kind of like de-zealotize Optimus Prime. You know, teach him to think outside the boundaries of his strict worldview. Who is that person? And it can't be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Oh man, it can't. Because <laughs> like, because you know, the thing is, this character, honestly, bro, this character comes into Optimus Prime's life after a millennia of fighting. Right? He's got scars from the from the Cretaceous period. All right, and he's sitting down talking to this human, and this guy is going to break something down to him that changes his ro- robot mind after all those years. That character has to have the gravitas to be able to do something like that. That's straight up. Who's, I mean, who is our generation's Tom Hanks? Because if this was 1994, I would say that role goes to Tom Hanks. He has the warmth. He has the conviction. He has the gravitas. You need that, like, I just trust this person so much that whatever comes out of their mouth is going to be the word of God. And it's going to literally deprogram this robot zealot so he can win his space war. 
And also just one quick thing. I think it's not, it's not untenable for that human character to also in the course of the story be like, I have run some numbers. I am smart. Maybe not as smart as a sentient computer from all over the place, but I'm pretty smart. And if you continue to be here and affect our stuff, you're going to mess up our whole evolution. And we're probably not going to last past like 2060 because you guys and your battles and your tsunamis all the time. We just won't be able to sustain it. Good Lord. (laughs) Right. We just won't be able to sustain. Yeah. We won't be able to sustain our planet or anything, not just way of life, life period. So you guys got to get out of here. So I'm perfectly willing to help you get out of here and I'll, give you some techno- some uh, philosophy to take with your ass. And he uses that to defeat the bad guy. Oh, I mean, if Neil, that, if, dude. if Neil Tyson was an actor rather than a scientist, I would say him. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's a fictionalized version kind of of somebody like that. But also yeah. uh, let's think about it. Probably would it be a technologist? I don't want to make a good billionaire technologist. I think that no, they don't I, have to be a billionaire. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's a professor. I think, it's I think like, that's true. Yeah, it's an academic type. It's somebody who's like, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a, you know, you can give them a little bit of a mad scientist twinge. Like it's somebody who's not, you know, is too weird for academia. Maybe that's why. I mean, my mind immediately goes to like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, um, or even Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day. But Dude, like he he's the tra- he's the Indiana Jones of Transformers. Ooh, he, you know what I mean. So yeah, he's gathered got, the evidence. He's got his stuff together. He's an academic and, a, and an action guy. Okay, this is mm, uh, Bill. You and I have butted heads on this one before because I think we just see this actor differently. But what about like a Brian Cranston? Because I know you have a hard time seeing past the villain in him, but I see the warmth in him a lot of times. Uh, you watched Malcolm in the Middle, that. didn't you? Of course, I did. <laughs> I did too. No, listen, yeah. I don't. I don't hate that. I still love him as Tim Watley from Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> who also was somewhat sinister to be fair yes um, but, yeah. but like I, I don't hate that it, it immediately gives me vibes of that original not original but that first godzilla movie yeah you're right, monster you're right. yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. About that. he's the right choice for that type of role right it's that type of person i mean that the role could also go to a woman uh let's not i mean mm-hmm. Charlize Theron is the is too played out, but has sort of the presence that you would want. Um, oh man, there's good options here. It's just think, like, do you think Jodie Foster would do our Transformers movie? <laughs> I definitely don't think so. Uh, come on, what is she doing? Come is, on, come is, on. Is is Emily Blunt a swear jar at this point? No, not at all. No, and she's great. That's a very, I, I think it's, I'm not a fan, but I, I won't stay. I won't step in the way. I'm yeah. just thinking if she's in the mode of uh, her in um, uh, murder, death, kill or whatever, you know, I'll kill your ass tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, all, 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 all you need is kill was the Japanese name or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Live, die, repeat was the was the yeah. the retitle, the, the retitle. But I like murder, death, kill a lot. <laughs> As a sequel title. <laughs> hey, listen, by the, speaking of murder, death, kill, what about Sandra Bullock? Ooh. Oh, she definitely has Sandy. She has the Tom Hanks level sort of charisma, gravitas, warmth. I, I Could be interesting. Hmm. Also, let me just throw this at you. What if we get Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves back together and do it a bit of a twofer, right? The, they're the two human leads 
Sandy can die. Keanu can maybe survive. But I'm just trying to give this just another little spice. The reunion from Speed of Keanu and Sandy Bullock. I feel like if anyone was to de-radicalize someone, it would be Keanu Reeves. Like Dude, he's, he real. might be the only person on this planet capable. Dude, Keanu and Sandy are in a bus that's transforming. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting if Keanu is sort of like the spiritual guru and Sandy is kind of the technologist. And I don't know if they have a pre-existing relationship or if the Transformers bring them together. I mean, you might even say that they are like husband and wife, and so you get the extra added gut punch when Sandra Bullock dies. It's not Ooh, only like tragic that. to Optimus, it's tragic to Keanu. I think you I think you definitely do that, and then you you have to do the homage where like they get off a bus at, you know at some point. Keanu grabs the uh the 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 bus line thing and he just flexes. And we see his muscle. And then he takes <laughs> off a, a layer of shirt. Yeah, yeah. That was like from speed. That was like my favorite part about speed was just they would literally just zoom in on his on his bicep. So, well, no, but I, I'm, I'm just thinking seriously. Uh, the thing is, they were a couple and they used to go on these adventures to go find this stuff that nobody yes. even knew was there. They're doing the mm. secret archaeology of the earth. And then they get too close and get their ass caught in a, in a, one of those situations where the documentarians get eaten. Let's just leave it at that. They yeah. get themselves caught in one of those and Sandy gets killed. And homeboy's like, I shouldn't have been messing with this stuff. That's beyond my kin. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but now I have to, ded- I have to double down and dedicate myself to this. So more people don't die in the wake of this secret war. That's yada, yada, yada. And I think that gives him extra impetus to he could be turned into a zealot that wants to kill the Autobots and Decepticons. But no, he understands that he cannot be like that. He has to change these people so that they change and thus their war changes. And he has also helped them get the hell out of here to their stupid Cybertron. That's all happening in 45 minutes. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he comes in. Or maybe we just kind of split one of them in half. You know what I mean? One of the hours and half of what we thought it would be like have a little shorter uh, manimal time. <laughs> I mean, a little shorter Beast Wars time. And you you're know? also about to get lit it, lit up in the comments for fridging Sandra Bullock in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I just think nobody would ever, A, she's going to show up for two weeks on set, get that fat paycheck and bounce. Nobody says no to that. And number two, you would never expect it. It's, it's, it's more Janet Lee than fridging anybody. It's a no, grand totally. tradition. I, that's why that's why I, I'm I'm just trying to not have the whole subsequent story for Keanu. Like her dying needs to sort of be the end of their joint story as opposed to the right. impetus for him to go do things. Can they die together? Can they die together? Holding hands a couple. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I think that's I think fine. They die After together. That's the uh, ultimate yeah, adventure. They've yeah. already yeah. this goes down. I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree. And the last act they do is turn on the get the hell out of the world machine. So they die saving the world and getting those fools the hell out of here to Cybertron to finish their goofy fight for the next 45 minutes. Yep. I, I love that. Yep. All right. Who's directing this thing? Did we all, ha- were we all about to say a director before I we can't got- remember. I blocked it out. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I blocked it out. Hmm. Well, I, I, who's directing? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no, it's I mean, not enough. How is this? How <laughs> is that enough? Oh, but you know what? In that, I got to say, why why couldn't we get four directors? 
and they each have their part, like a Sergio Leone if he was alive, <laughs> David Fincher in one of them, uh, Orson Welles does one of them, and Michael Bay does one. You know, I don't know. I'm just, you know what I mean? The substance where it's like, this is the differentiation of each era. It still has the same sheen. We still produce the hell out of it, but it's got a little bit of difference in each era because it's th- through different lenses. That's an interesting suggestion. I don't know how workable it is from a producing standpoint. Um this whole thing is not workable from a producing standpoint. It's We're a four-hour four Braveheart with no human characters. Why don't we just make it in black and white for the trifecta? About the bottom. You know what I mean? So, like, if we're going to get nuts, let's get nuts. I'm not going to fight for it. I'm just saying, like, if we can't pick one – picking one person is hard enough. So let's, let's pick the person that we want to at least start the story, the person that's going to lay down the tracks for what this I mean, is and how it's supposed to look. I mean, look, didn't we – I mean, we talked about Gladiator. Yep. Ridley Scott. My mind, my mind goes there immediately. Um, Wait just, a minute. It, You're saying Jodie Foster won't show up for this, but Ridley Scott's like, <laughs> sign me up for Transformers. Come on. No. If we're, if we're pying in the sky, I'm going to back next. to my Jodie Foster uh, suggestion. <laughs> that I was literally about to say, my mind immediately goes to Ridley Scott, but the problem uh, is, I don't think Ridley Scott does a Transformers movie. Especially, or, especially if we're trying to sell him on, no, 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 look, this is Gladiator. But with robots. Okay, so here's here's uh, I'm gonna fact check to make sure I get the name right. Um, so yeah, here's one that I think they took something that is potentially goofy uh, or not goofy, but it's a little bit more lighthearted, and they gave a lot of gravitas to it. I'm gonna say Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One. Uh, could be an interesting choice to do this. I know that there were a ton of reshoots on that movie and a lot of things changed. I don't think that was necessarily all him, though. No, I like it. I mean, didn't Gareth Edwards also do Monsters, which was sort of a no-budget, giant monster movie? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So he's got... Did, for that matter, didn't Gareth Edwards also do the first, the Brian Cranston Godzilla? He did. He did Godzilla. That's right. Yeah. But I was thinking mostly Rogue One of just like... Someone taking a property that kind of has a little bit more fanciful fun to it, like Star Wars, and like really bringing the grit and the that kind of angle to it. No, I kind of love that. I'm I'm one of the few people who thought that that you know that first Godzilla MonsterVerse movie had a really interesting style and tone, and I think it maybe wasn't perfect, but yeah, to your point, he is definitely somebody who can bring Dermundstrong into an otherwise goofy property. He's proven that twice. All right. I'm down with Gareth Edwards. Ed, are you thinking of anybody else? Uh, I'm down with him, but like I, the only thing I'll say is I want somebody like, uh, how you wouldn't expect have you wouldn't have expected Guillermo del Toro to do such a good job with the action elements of Pacific Rim, the weird mm-hmm. parts, the slime. You totally trust him with that. You would totally trust him with maybe even building the mythos. But when he got the show and the robots fighting, it was really exciting. People like crap on that movie because it's so weird, but like that, those parts were really cool. Just somebody with this action vocabulary, and uh, I think somebody like Christopher McQuarrie to me, I've never seen him do anything on this scale, but he does. He shoots Tom Cruise jumping off of the Himalayas. And, you know, he's just, he's a very visceral filmmaker. There's a, 
the, everything you can touch in his movies, it doesn't seem like there's a bunch of CGI crap all over the place. And I just feel like a, a Transformers with that feel would totally get it over. So when the Optimus holds his side as he's dying and leaking whatever at the end, it's not laughable, stupid crap. It's, oh my God, he's dying. I want somebody that can do that part, you know? So like, yeah. That's an interesting I, like, I like Christopher McQuarrie. I think, I think yeah. I would have maybe been on the fence, but until Fallout, I think Fallout, the last Mission Impossible was the mm. one where it was like, oh, like you really like you're evolving. I can see you getting better each time out with these, you know? Oh, no, yeah, he I, proved, I he proved his chops. He proved yeah. his chops on that movie. And just um, the action locomotion. The one thing I didn't like about the very first Godzilla movie was it was like all the Godzilla action was happening on everybody's wristwatch. Hey, I'm going to watch Godzilla fight somebody on my wristwatch or on my television. You know, I, I, I felt like there was a little bit too much of that jazz, but it wasn't bad. I, I'll give you that. If, if you guys want to go with that, I'd be totally super fine. I, I think well, it deserves another shot. Okay. You, you know what I, you know what I'm thinking now that you're talking about sort of, the first Godzilla movie didn't quite get it right. I think a movie that did get that style right before that Godzilla movie was Matt Reeves' Cloverfield. And so I'm going to throw Matt Reeves out there, who's already done this exact thing with the Planet of the Apes franchise to bring that sort of really dark Hmm. operatic tone to a a loony sci-fi franchise and coming off of Batman. That, well, I know that we're thinking about Matt Reeves as being very street-level Batman, but Matt Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield. Matt Reeves, yeah. I think, gets the scale of giant monster fighting. No, I'm saying know, it's man. actually perfect for coming off of Batman. Like he's gonna have he's gonna be hot. So But also also I, he gets like he it. gets he gets depicting a revolution. You know what I mean? I mean, he's done it before. I don't know that he gets it more than anybody else. I don't know anybody's heart, but you understand what I'm saying? He's well, done it before. A hundred percent. And if Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan have taught us anything, it's that if you do a Batman movie, you're going to get a cult following uh, <laughs> to your next project. So at least we, we may have people that wouldn't normally watch a Transformers movie, but after Batman, they'll go see a Matt Reeves movie, which could work in our favor. Yep. I I completely agree with that. And mm. God help us if we create the next Zack Snyder. But guys, I'm going to say it. We have achieved reboot. Yeah. All right. Um, undead Robert Evans, give us your give us your ears because holy crap, do we have a pitch for you? We are telling a four-hour action epic inspired by the likes of Braveheart, Ben Hur, The Ten Commandments, and Gladiator, starring giant fighting robots, baby. From the beginning, we see the creation of Cybertron, and from Cybertron the creation of its bastard offspring, Unicron. And with Unicron comes the religious conviction that cybernetic intelligence is the dominant species of the universe, and they will now spread across all planets to evolve technology to replace organic life. And the Autobots are the faction that do not want to be part of this war. So in hour one, we get the takeover of Cybertron by the Decepticons and Unicron and the flight of Optimus and the Autobots. Kind, gentle, farmer Optimus Prime 
Hour 2. They have established a secret society amongst an alien civilization. We get to see how Transformers integrate to totally alien technology until the Decepticons arrive and raise the planet to the ground. Now the Autobots flee again and leading up to our intermission, they land on Earth where they believe that they are finally free of the Decepticons. From the intermission, we fast forward. Optimus Prime is now allied with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves as an academic scientist couple who are teaching Optimus Prime a new way of thinking about his own biology, about his own mission. And not a moment too soon, because wouldn't you know it, the Decepticons have caught up. And in a globe-spanning battle, we see Optimus putting the lessons of Keanu and Sandy to work. We perhaps see some sort of uh, um, early version of Robotech slash Macross where humans are piloting robots. And then after Keanu and Sandra Bullock heroically sacrifice themselves to send the Autobots back to Cybertron, we see Optimus and the Autobots activate Cybertron to transform the planet into a giant fighting robot to be piloted by Transformers and having a space battle with a transformed Unicron. And so we have planet-scale robots fighting each other, and at the end, Optimus heroically dies at the hands of Megatron. Megatron also dies. We haven't quite figured that out. Setting up Hot Rod, who has been our sidekick character through all of this crazy action, to take up the mantle, much like, uh, I forget, Moses' sidekick in the Ten Commandments. But guys, we are 100% referencing old epics. That is the pitch. Mr. Evans, what do you think? Did I miss anything, guys? Did I miss anything? It's epic, baby. It's it's worth your time for the first time, baby. I, I'm Bob, in love with it. Bobby, tell us, are we greenlit? Well, first of all, I have to say, I don't know what the hell you guys have done to your style. It's a huge downgrade. This is Hollywood. We want unique executives. Do you remember when Variety wrote an article calling me the Playboy dilettante studio executive? That made my career. It made my career. So first of all, go back to your old looks. They were much better. Second of all, I absolutely love this pitch. I cannot overstate it. I think the Matt Reeves choice, mm, chef's kiss, reuniting Keanu and Sandy. You know, I produced that movie. I, I discovered Jan DeBant. I put him on it. I said, hey, bus at LAX, go to town. And he did. <laughs> I know what I'm doing over there. So, guys, let me congratulate you. You have a green light and a $273 million budget. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> I yeah. can feed my cats wet food! <laughs> Ron's cats win! Yeah! Uh, oh, no. Uh, oh, why am I tingling? Why am I tingling? Uh, oh, no. Uh, no! Uh, What? We're not in that universe anymore, are we? Oh, no. What about the money? What about the the money? money? Hey, don't you guys worry about money. We got plenty of money here. This is bad robot, baby. We got all the money you need. Uh, what happened to Roland? 
<laughs> Roland, Roland made out great. I, I bought all of Roland's assets, so uh, that includes uh, whatever this weird Stargate thing is. You know, I, I kind of like it. It's a, it's a real mystery box. Wait, so you just pulled us back through the Stargate? Well, yeah. I mean, it was on. I, you know, I, well, what am I going to do? I, I'm not going to just leave it on. It strand you in another dimension? You're welcome. You're all very welcome. So uh, listen, listen, uh, Roland says you're his development team. So uh, let's get after it, huh? Maybe, maybe you got a pitch for us? sure JJ what do you want to do hey guys this is Ron if you want to check out what we are currently doing all you have to do is go to the rebooted channel on YouTube and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff we've got a new tea public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite T-shirt. So thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting. Reboot it.